One, two, three. Welcome to Three Song Stories, home of the song story and the place where people's musical memories and stories are explored right there in front of microphones. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. Our guest today is Stacy Chen Cannington. Stacy is the youngest daughter of a traditional Asian American family. Her parents both immigrated from China. Her dad came over after high school and attended college, and her mom was 11 when they landed in Alabama in 1941. Her father was a chemist at the National Bureau of Standards in Washington, D.C., but always wanted to open a restaurant, so they moved to Kissimmee, Florida in 1971, right before Disney World opened, and her dad bought one of the three restaurants in town. They were the first and at the time only Chinese family in Kissimmee. She attended Florida State University, where she majored in sociology and eventually went into broadcasting like her famous aunt, Connie Chung. She worked in Orlando before moving to Fort Myers for what was supposed to be a short stint, but then met and married Mike Cannington and has been here ever since. She worked in TV for a while, but realized that marketing and PR was her real passion. She's been doing sales for more than 20 years for Wink TV, Gulf Shore Life, California Closets, Simon Property Group, and now Carter Pritchett Advertising. When we emailed her about doing our show, she replied with, quote, I'm Stacy Chen Cannington, the other half of the Mike Cannington team. I think this calls for a smackdown of that other Cannington guy, LOL. Well, I do believe it's smackdown time. Hey there, Stacey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you for putting up with our, uh, you got to see a little peek behind the curtain here. <laughs> Just for clarity, we're in a different studio than we're normally in because WGCU is getting new soundboards. And so the normal three song story studio has engineers in it. So we're in master control, and we had a line buzz, and Stacy got to just watch us solve it. Yeah, solve the problem. I love master control. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we've done episodes with husbands and wives before in together, and this is the first time that we're doing a husband and a wife back-to-back. So mm-hmm. this is you're breaking new ground here. I know. I don't know if um, – if, uh, I have a hard act to follow, or I'm just going to blow him out of the water. <laughs> I think you're going to blow him out of the water. I see Jared the Intern Gonzalez Jared standing outside the giant glass window in Mass Control. Um, so hey, hey, Jared. In come the on thing in. that Mike Hello. sent me. Hi, Jared. Hi, Jared the Intern. So, in the th- thing that Mike sent me at the end, he said, quote, um, feel, Please feel free to reach back out to me and tell me I'm a knucklehead. So I wanted you. I want your input on on a one to ten scale. How big a knucklehead is Mike Cannington? Oh, he's a ten plus. <laughs> he's a knucklehead. <laughs> he is very funny. But what you see is what you get all the time. He's the same all the time. A lot of you know former TV personas are very just on for the people, but Mike's like that all the time. No, and it makes sense too because, like I said to you, and I told him, you know, I hadn't seen him in decades, but it was like I hadn't seen, you know, I'd seen him yesterday. So he clearly has maintained his him, his Mike yes. Cannington ness. And it's it's amazing that he remembers you because he has the worst memory in the world. <laughs> he probably was just faking it until, <laughs> until you said you who knew who I was, and then he had cachet, so he ran with it. <laughs> So I'm in the same room as everybody, which is weird. So I need to just say this out loud. So here we go. Hey, Jared, um, here's what's going to happen is you're going to get that chair over there. And you're going to bring it over here and you're going to sit behind me. And if you need something, if you want to chime in, feel free to just, you we know, just get to bask in your Jaredness. Just lean over into the microphone and say whatever you're going to say. Um, and what does Jared do? He's the at whatever intern. We say, he's the intern. He does whatever we tell him. Oh, um, okay. No, he uh, usually usually Jared actually runs the board. Oh, okay. Um, and I produce behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
<laughs> and today uh, he's gonna kind of do the opposite. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on this guy since it's new. I'm shadowing, and you'll shadow. shadow. He's mm -hmm. me and my shadow. The best thing is is that he's an intern, or he was doing like uh, a class for FGCU where he had to do a certain number of hours. Yeah. And even though he's done doing his hours, he won't Still leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Can you he's not forty, and he's the okay. intern. <laughs> Can you turn um, the volume on that? We're going to just make sure Jared gets audio through that line. There's no volume you on that. You guys are very calm. Are we? Yeah. Yes. Yep. I mean, normally, okay. you know. It's, it's our strongest suit. Yeah. <laughs> Not competency. Yeah. Not competency. Yeah. <laughs> Mellowness. Uh, Mike, go ahead and crank it. Good? Good. Good. Yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. Easy. Hi, Jared. Hey. Okay. So we're all here. Mike, continue. <laughs> It's a good thing you have a background in broadcasting because you're just rolling with our hitches today. I, I would normally see, you know, producers and hosts be like, ah, when all this is going on. So I think you're very calm. Ah, yes. Cool. Very nice. Calm, cool, and collective. Yes. Yeah. Be a sapling. It's be a sapling. <laughs> it's the NPR way. It is. I think that's probably pretty true. Yeah. Yes. Um, so you lived in D.C. until you were about 10. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, what memories do you have of that time, you know, and, and weave music into that answer? In D.C. Well, I was um, around a lot of families. Both, my, both sides of my parents' families were in D.C. So we were, there were a lot of, you know, weekly Chinese meals and doing all this stuff like that. And so, um, but it was, it was very sheltered because I, I don't really, I mean, I remember some of the area and driving around. We went to all the national museums when I was in elementary school as field trips and stuff like that, going to the, so that was fun. And, but cold winters and we would come down to Florida every Christmas, but we would drive to Miami. So that was my assumption. We were moving to Miami when my dad said we were going to move to Florida. He wanted to open, he was a, a chemist with the National Bureau of Standards. So, and he loved to cook because chemistry and, you know, cooking, basically the same thing, ingredients. Mm -hmm. And so he wanted to open up a Chinese restaurant and he didn't want to do it in D.C. because all our family was there. You Why would he not? Did they have restaurants? No. I mean, no, no, no. Why did he not want to do it there? Because he didn't want all the peop the family members like telling him what to do. And oh, he wanted autonomy. <laughs> yes, totally, totally. So it was like he wanted to get away from everybody. So um and and my my sister was going into high school and my mom was like we got to get out of DC. That that was when DC living in DC wasn't you know cool. It was, you know, before it kind of turned over. Mm -hmm. So he she was saving us from <laughs> corruption, I'm sure. But um we ended up moving to Kissimmee in the same, the same year the Disney World opened. The, the, I the Googled. Year, yeah. Yes, yes. So we um, and my and and we moved there because the when my dad was going to college, he had some professors um, that eventually moved to D.C. and lent him their car so he could take my mom out on their first date. And so we would go to visit them in Kissimmee. On our way to Miami, and then, you know, we ended up in Kissimmee buying one of the three restaurants there prior to Disney opening, and literally was a culture shock. <laughs> yeah. What was, can... the, what was the name of the restaurant? It was, well, it was called Margie's Diner, 
that's that we bought it from Margie. And so my parents were Bill and Josephine, which is another story. And um, so my we just kept it, Margie's Diner. And people would come in and say, you must be Margie. And my mother would say, yeah, that's me. <laughs> so, you know, my dad eventually started, he introduced like half the menu was Chinese. So it was sweet and sour pork and fried chicken. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Country fried steak or something like that. So it was half and half. Did you well, ever, sorry, did you, did you ever watch the documentary um, In Search of General Tso? I think so. So they talk about yes. like how Chinese American food like expanded and how come you can go to like New York and LA and get the yes. exact same dish even though those people never yes. met and part of how those dishes started were in actually like midwest diners like mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of um like beef and broccoli yeah. and things like that they would add it to a regular western diner menu and then people would be like I like that or like cashew chicken right they would just be like that thing with the cashews put that and then they would just go Add one more, add one more, and then eventually Chinese restaurant, like when yeah. it started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, a friend of mine sent me this thing of, of the oldest Chinese restaurant that's around in the United States, and it's in Butte, Montana. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so I was like, we had we got to go there, you know. So I said, you know, well, if you go to any small town in the United States, there's always one Chinese restaurant. What kind of music did your parents listen to when you were growing up? What were you being exposed to? Um. Well, let's see. Mostly Chinese. <laughs> no. Yeah. But um, when we moved to Kissimmee, it was country and Western. Really? Because yes. that's what was on the radio that in that part of Florida? Kissimmee. Yes. Huh. And so there was one radio station in Kissimmee, and it was, and we have, you know, a, there's a rodeo in Kissimmee twice a year. It still goes on. Uh-huh. And, you know, we, we got out for school in February for the rodeo. Wow. So, you know, yes. <laughs> When did you first go to Disney World and what would that have been like? Because it, you had very, you know, nowadays you have so much context. By the time yes. you're a kid that's old enough to remember Disney, you've seen a bazillion Disney things. What was that like, though, you know, right there in those early days? Well, we, we had so many friends all of a sudden became our friends and had to come to, you know, Kissimmee to visit oh, us. Oh, suddenly you guys to... needed another bedroom for your, yes. all your visitors. All these people would come down and they would go to Disney and they would, you know, once they... Back then, the Disney, it was the A, B, C, D tickets. They were, you know, so you had a different ticket for a different ride. And so they would go to Disney and then they would leave their tickets once they were done. So we had the stack of tickets. So we would go to Disney every weekend. Just And, and when I was in high school, we used to just sneak into Disney. Right. That was our playground. So, so you um, spent a ton of time at Disney World. Yes, yes. And in... One way or the Any other. Any shenanigans go on in there? <laughs> Always, yes. <laughs> well, and so um, we we would sneak in, and we, we knew mm-hmm. how to get in to Disney without – so many of my friends' parents worked at Disney, um, so we would go in through their offices and then just go to Disney and just hang out there. This but, was pre, like, biometric scan Disney. Yes, it, <laughs> yes, it was before security. And so we would – and um, we would go and – I mean, none of us actually worked at Disney. I mean, you know, we didn't want to. That was like. That was not considered cool? No, that wasn't cool. Huh. So, you know. And then if my sisters and I ever wanted to work at Disney, we would always be stuck in a restaurant because we had restaurant experience. So it was like I could just work in my father's restaurant, which I did. I, I worked in my father's restaurant 
when I was nine, I was the cashier. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I stood on a crate, took money, you know. Where did, did, where did you work in high school, if not your parents' restaurant or Disney? Or did you? I worked at my parents' restaurant. Oh, you continued past nine. <laughs> All the time, oh, you, yeah. you implied yeah. you did it once when you were nine. Well, I, I did. <laughs> I, I tried out and, and got a part in the Main Street Electrical Parade. I was going to play a colonial woman. With the yeah. big, you oh, know, yeah, right? Sure. This page with the colonial that's, that's great. And so, um, but they, I had to take a, you know, a, a health thing, and I have scoliosis, so they wouldn't let me put the big head on my, on top of my uh, head. So, so well, they stuck a, me. That's a bummer turn of events in that story. Right. So um, <laughs> I got to work at the camera store on Main Street for a week. I did it for a week. That seems like it'd be a cool place to work. Yeah. It as was far fun. as Disney jobs go. <laughs> a week feels about the right amount of time to work at, in Disney World. Like, yes. It's, it's, it's like a sweet spot. You get to be there for a solid week and then you're out. And then you're gone. Yeah. <laughs> so I did it for spring break and um, my like my junior in high school. And then it was, you know, driving 45 minutes to get to Disney. It just wasn't worth it. Your bio mentioned that you were the first Chinese family in Kissimmee and there was a newspaper story to prove it. Yes. What's that all yes. about? So we had a weekly paper in Kissimmee and um, they lined the three of us up in front of our house and we stood there and it said, Chinese family moves to Kissimmee. <laughs> and that was us. So we it's, were the first. With a picture? Yes, with a picture and everything. They like came to you and this said, This Chinese family your, moves yeah. to <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, it was... It, it was fun, but and, and my, my mom always told me when I was growing up, you know, remember, you're the only Chinese kid in Kissimmee. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, she said, that's going to be good or bad. And, and every time, like, I would do the typical things. I would roll people's houses, when, you know, when we were in high school and stuff. And I always got caught because they would oh, always yeah. say, right, they would say, oh, it's a bunch of kids. But that Chen girl was there, you know, because they could always yeah. distinguish yeah. me. And I would be like, oh, that's what you mean by, you know. Um, so. do, are you, do you know um, Eddie Wong? Yes. Are you, yes. you watch Fresh Off the Boat? The TV yes. Show? So I, we did that. My dad did that 10 years before Eddie's family did. Yeah. It's, yes. Well, this, it, it, there's a parallel that I'm seeing totally. here. For those who haven't seen the show, it's a sitcom. It's about Eddie Wong, who's a chef now. But it's about him being a kid and his family moving um, from D.C. <laughs> Ironically, to to Orlando. Orlando, yeah, and um, and just growing up, you know, being like a, an, an incredibly Chinese household in almost not Chinese at all city in the nineties. Right. Hey, what's that machine in your house where you dry all the dishes? The dishwasher. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. Right. <laughs> it's literally the first episode. I think this is real. Yes. Like all of my relatives do this. She told, she told them it was broken. Yes. And he didn't know until he was like 12 that it could wash dishes. Oh, it was just it was just a really ornate drying rack. It's, well, you got to put the dishes yes. somewhere after you wash them. Yes. A storage and, rack. And, you know, as I, as I watched that, yes. I'm like, oh, good. Somebody else oh gosh, did, yeah. did. Did you go to um, Chinese school? Or um or like the no there wasn't you know. Chinese school because oh because we it, it would have been just you <laughs> yeah. oh that's fair yeah, it would have yes. been just so, you and your but family. my mom actually started a Chinese school in they, Orlando that's it yeah. yes so she did and see my parents spoke my mom was um she spoke Mandarin mm. and my father spoke Cantonese wow so they never spoke to each other yeah. in the house because it was two different dialects and they would argue over. <laughs> 
if we should learn Mandarin or if we should learn Cantonese. Yeah. Did, you lo- did you learn either? Neither. I know it's terrible. <laughs> I feel so, you know. So, I mean, I remember fault. when I was around all my Chinese relatives. I remember, you know, being able to speak in Chinese and knowing some words. But then, you know, you move to Kissimmee where it, that's it. You know, so it was my parents. So your folks spoke English to each other, but couldn't speak to each other in their native language. Yeah. Right. Wow. Right. Yeah, they're super different dialects. Yeah. I, I I don't even, yeah. know, I mean, like, I know we use the word dialect for that, but I I feel like they're so different. So that, totally like, different. Like, it's, it's a language. Yeah. Like, yes. So um, I went to China with my mom um, years later, you know, when I was an adult, and we went to visit my father's hometown in Guangzhou. And so we're... You know, every time my mom would translate when we were there, when we were in like Beijing or something, she would turn around to my sister and me and she would say, she would tell me what they were saying. She would say, blah, 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 blah. And so we would go, We when we went to Guangzhou, we were with my dad's family and we were sitting there and she'd turn around and she'd say, I have no idea what they're saying, just not a lot. <laughs> and we would be like, oh, okay, okay, you know. But my mother could never understand Cantonese ever. So, mm. but, you know. Them. Let's get to your first song. Okay. What is it? It's a, it's um have I told you lately that I loved you? Mhm. And um my dad used to sing this all the time when we were growing up. So like um my parents of course play a big part of my life and um my dad would would hum this to us and sing this to us all the time when we were growing up. So and it, that's, I think there's t- they've taken on so many different modern-day versions of the oh, song. Oh, there's been like like 50 or 60 yes. people who've played this song. Right. But why this version? Is this the version he would have been sort of singing? Yes. It's the old-school, very kind of country-like. <laughs> would you like to listen to it? Yes. Did he have a good voice? Did, did your dad have a good voice? Yes, he did. Yes, he, he did. He had a good voice. So he but, did this but justice. He would... He would if he didn't know the words like everybody else, he'd start humming. So we would start singing, and then all of a sudden it would go into a hum. Well, let's listen to it. Uh, okay. This is Have I Told You Lately That I Love You. This is the 1964 Jim Reeves version uh, from the album of the same name. But it's it's been like covered by like Elvis to Eddie Cochran and everybody in between. So let's listen to it. Um, when was the last time you listened to that song or that version of that song? That version of the song? Yeah. Probably when I sent it to you. <laughs> yeah. Was it immediately something that came to mind when you started thinking on songs for this show? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What were you thinking about while we were listening to it? I, I could hear my dad singing it to me and then and then realizing how much of the song he really didn't know and how much he hummed it. So right. <laughs> He knew the title. <laughs> Yes, and and one of the things my dad did in the restaurant, our little little diner that we had, he would at eight o'clock when he wanted people to go, he'd start humming and singing, and uh, people would say, "Oh, we got to go." Mister Chen wants to leave. <laughs> <laughs> if you were driving down the road and that song came on the radio, but it was a different version of it, mm-hmm. would it have still triggered a memory of your father? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, the day we were driving to my mom's funeral, this song came on the Rod Stewart version of it. And it was just like, we all in the car just started crying because it was, I mean, that was the song. He sang to everybody. I mean, not just us, the kids, but to my mom all the time. So. Mm. You know, it's funny you mentioned the Rod Stewart version because I thought, like, <laughs> that's the one I know best. But right. then when I looked up the Wikipedia page, it didn't have Rod Stewart listed because 
his is is his is simply called "Have I Told You Lately?" Yeah. But then I just listen to it now, and I'm like, it's the same song. Yeah, as Stewart yeah. <laughs> for me, it's um, for me, it's the Elvis version. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, I I know the Russ Stewart one because like it, it was everywhere. It, it start, yeah, and it starts with that raspy Rod Stewart. Have I told you? But I hear when I hear the guitar at the beginning of that, like I hear Elvis coming in. Yeah. I've never heard this one, so thanks. That's really cool. Yeah, I like that one. You have any other songs associated with your father? Well, he sang a lot of my my grandfather in China was a Baptist missionary, and so he, my father was a, a really strong Southern Baptist. So he sang a lot of Southern Baptist songs, huh. which is crazy, right? My my dad sings a lot of Southern Baptist. Songs. Really? Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Yeah. Big hymnal fan. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. yes, yes. So. Do you have any songs associated with your mom? Unless it happens to be one of the other two songs that we're going to play. My mom's favorite song was the uh, Kermit the Frog. It's not easy being green. No, not that one. <laughs> the um, the Rainbow Connection. My mother loved. I mean, when I was little, my mom bought the little forty-five and would come into my little forty-five player and play it over and over. She loved Aww. that song. Aww. So when I hear that song, it it triggers my mom. All the time, uh-huh. yeah. That was one of Tesla Les Ages songs. Yes, I it think. was. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, the Muppets. The Muppets. Yes, yeah, the Muppets. Whenever the the Muppets have been uh, like around the show recently, you know. Yes. So I I, I love that. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the Muppets. Yeah, like yes, If there's any Muppets out there listening, open invitation. <laughs> oh yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, uh, you mentioned your grandparents. Do you have any musical memories associated with them? Not at all. Not at all. No. Mm-mm. Okay. So my um, my did grandparents they, were they were, still in China or did they? No, no. They um, they both uh, my my mother's family came over. My my grandfather was in um, Shanghai Shet Army, and so um, when he found out that Mao Zedong was coming in, they literally left in the middle of the night. They put hmm. their clothes on in um, nineteen forty in the nineteen forties, and they left. And my grandfather um, ended up going to be a translator in Montgomery, Alabama. So they they um, were training Chinese pilots how to fly. So my grandfather spoke English and Chinese, which is why he got the job there. Hmm. And so my mother immigrated in 1941 at the age of 11 to Montgomery, Alabama. So she went from China to Alabama. Yes, yes. So and you, and you went from D.C. to Kissimmee. Kissimmee, <laughs> right? <laughs> so my mom went to school at eleven um, in kindergarten. They put her in kindergarten because she didn't know how to speak English. So um, she went to school, and at that time, it was the the three oldest daughters were alive, and so um, they um, went with their Chinese names, and they came home because they were, you know. They were ridiculed. So they decided to pick out their American names. So my mother, at 11, named herself Josephine after Josephine Baker. Huh. Who was just in the news. Yes. (laughs) Yes. My mother is like, I like Josephine Baker. (laughs) And then her sister, Charlotte, named herself Charlotte after Charlotte's Web. And then my Aunt June named herself June because she was born in June. Oh, it wasn't a a Johnny Cash wife thing? (laughs) No, no. Yeah, so my Aunt Connie was the only one that was born in the United States. My mom's middle name is June. Oh, is it? Was she born in June? 
No. <laughs> um, hey, uh, your Aunt Connie. Yes. Uh, but you, did you just say Connie? Auntie Connie, yes. Um, that's your um, that's your aunt who is somebody is who's in broadcasting. Yes. Mm. Which Connie? Auntie would that Connie. Be? Connie. Connie Chung. Connie Chung. Yes. So she's my mom. My mom was the oldest, yeah. and she's the youngest of five girls. Yeah, I grew the up, only I, only one born in the United States. Yeah, I grew up watching Connie Chung. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, you probably um, you were always aware of like her fame, like that was like part of the family. You, you were like, my aunt's Connie Chung. Yeah, but she was always Annie Connie to me. You oh, know, of course. Well, and, and, and for me but, growing you know, up. Th- there was yeah. a point in time where she was like everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was everywhere. But she was like, when I was growing up, because um, she was the cool aunt. She was single. And she had a job. And she had a convertible Mustang. Yeah. I mean, you know, and she used to take us shopping. And she was cool Annie Connie. And then um, I remember she came, um, my teachers were on strike at our at my elementary school, and Annie Connie came to do the story. And so, yes. And so she came to my school, and I was hanging out the window going, Annie Connie! You know, and then my, my teacher let me go downstairs, and um, and then they, the, you know, they, they taped us standing there. You know, students were protesting, right? We were just standing there, but, you know, she was. What would she have been playing on the radio in that Mustang convertible? I remember what is the song? Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Stuck, Stuck in the middle with you. Stuck in the middle yes. with you. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So we we. That's would my sing new that. Connie Chung memory. That's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember us singing. And and if you know anything about my aunt Connie, she has a terrible voice. <laughs> so um, so we would be singing that at the you know. Are you a singer? Time. Not at all. I. I have a hearing loss, so Actually, I can't as I asked hear that, anything. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. I, I can't carry a tune. I make up words as I go along, um, and I when we're singing in public, I'm I'm just mouthing mm. because nobody wants to hear my voice. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I have really good hearing, and I can't <laughs> carry a tune either. So, <laughs> so you probably never karaoke. No, okay. not not. Sober. <laughs> right. That means you have. Right, yes. I have, but you know, not yes. solo. Maybe you're always no, part never, of an ensemble. Never. Oh, I remember rocking my daughter to sleep one night and singing to her, and she's, you know, she's a baby, and she slowly puts her hand up and covers my <laughs> mouth, like, and I was like, right, that's it. That no, 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 I don't sing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And and I, you know, because I can't hear words. So I I always remember that Van Halen song Panama. I always thought it was padded bra that we would sing. <laughs> padded bra. Yeah. So. Works pretty good. Works. Yeah. Um <laughs> right. Uh, uh instruments, musical instruments. Did you ever Well, play we any? were, you know, forced to do piano. Hey, you were. Yeah. 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 So that's right? like a thing. Yeah. That's like a thing. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yes, it's still a thing. <laughs> and when my parents moved out of their house, they literally shipped the piano down to me in Fort Myers. Didn't tell me, I have, right? I have the piano right from my my childhood home right? in my house now. See? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm the only one who plays it anyway, so. Oh. <laughs> like, my parents you, didn't play. Right. I did. Did you finish the lesson? Um, I played for about five, six years. Wow. Um, and then there came a point where I was... In like I was in like football and like three AP classes and I was dating and I had piano and I yeah. was going and the only thing pa- Chinese parents will 
push harder on than um, make, yeah. than making sure that you're like doing the piano is mm-hmm. if you're if they're paying for something that they're not getting benefit out of. And I went like four weeks in a row, and my teacher was like, "So, how much further in this piece did you get?" And I said, "I, said, I didn't practice at all this week." And after like the fourth week of that, I just went to my mom and I was like, "Hey, you're paying for these classes, and I'm not I'm not practicing." Because I can't. So right. they were like, okay, well, you can. Then but, you can stop. But yeah, but so, you know, I, I play pretty I play decently because five, six years is going to get you there. That's did impressive. you get far enough to where you can play? No. 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 Did, did being hard of hearing make it really hard to play piano? Yes. Seems and like I will use that place. argument every time. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I don't know if I knew that I was hard of hearing back then. Well, like you were saying before, it sounded like you kind of were in denial about that. I, total, I was in total denial. It was, it was when I missed half of what everybody was saying that I realized, I think I need to get a hearing aid. So. Um, so how big was your high school there in Kissimmee, and what was the musical era vibe kind of going on? Okay, so when I there was one high school in Kissimmee, and there were 373 students in my graduating class. Okay, yes. so not a tiny yeah. school. Yeah, so I... I graduated 13th, and so... Um, you remember that number? Yes. Well, I mean, you know, Asian parents. Oh, right. Right? They were like, top 10? Come on. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. A B is an Asian F, right? A B is an Asian F. So, <laughs> yes. I'm about to... Is uh, uh, so my wife going to hear this episode? Probably. Okay. I'm about to print out some math practice sheets because my fourth grade daughter just got... Uh, I'm not going to say the letter, but not... The does not an acceptable. With, does it rhyme with B? No. Oh, it, yes. <laughs> but it's it does. But it it also rhymes with C. Oh, but it isn't either. Oh, yeah. And uh, she knows she's part Asian, right? Oh I mean, yeah. Right. Oh, she looks like me, but with longer, curlier hair. Mm. And uh, that's not an acceptable number. She's fourth grade, so it's like it's not crazy. It's just a quiz. But like, we're gonna mm. fix that. Yes. <laughs> The pressure is real. The pressure is real. So what was the musical like vibe at your high school? Was there like, did you guys was have country. dances? It, it was, was just all country, country all no, the time? No, no. So then I, I, you know, it was the late 70s. So we were like, you know, disco. We did the whole disco, you know. Uh, you know. The whole thing? Like well, no, 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 not the whole thing. <laughs> not the whole thing. As much as you could in Because Kissimmee. we had, right, right, exactly. I mean, you know, we. Did you dance like John Travolta? Of course, we didn't dress like John Travolta <laughs> but you did because the arm. we wore. We did, did do the, the you know the the you country dance the way women walk or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> are, are you just staying alive? Is that what? You're... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a... you can tell by the way I. I'm a woman's man. I'm a woman's man. No time to talk. In Kissimmee. In Kissimmee, yes, mixed in with the you know the Orange Blossom special at the same time. Yeah. So you know. Um, so you went away to school at Florida State. Yes, yes, I did, and I and I am currently president of the the Florida State Seminole Boosters in Lee County of the uh, Alumni Association. And as my mother reminded me, I was supposed to go to University of Florida. I mean, like that close. But all the mean girls from my high school were going to University of Florida, and I had spent my whole life being behind mean girls. So I said, I'm going to Florida State just to be away from them because there's no mean girls there it's <laughs> <laughs> party town it's just party further town. away mean girls yeah. right but so um i i guess i kind of locked that out of my mind but i was su- potentially supposed to be a, a uf gator which would come back to turn around on me when my daughter 
went to Florida, the University of Florida. So, so what what was like your your aspiration? What did you want to be when you grew up? You know, when you're heading. I off had to college? no idea. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I know that um, you know, Asians have high aspirations for their children. So I was the third daughter, and the youngest. So I'm sure that I was just a little spoiled. But um, my oldest sister, you know was a National Merit Scholar that went into college her junior year. And then my middle sister was an engineering student Mm -hmm. who worked at Martin Marietta growing up. So she had, you know, five years. She was a female engineering student. So, And and then there was me. I was like, what am I going to do? So I... I actually got my degree in sociology from Florida State. I was going to say the soft yes. sciences. Yes, and <laughs> and mainly because I had switched my major, you know, so many times. Ooh. That's what you could cobble together. I was actually a math major for one that makes year. Sense. Yeah, but the math students were not very much fun. So I would say, let's have a party, and they would be like, no. Oh, so. you should no, you should have stuck with it. I heard because I hear tell that um, when there are math conventions like yes. after, once you're in industry that when math <laughs> conventions go to towns yes that like the hotels and stuff Crazy make them enough. like like they double up on their like deposits because they just like they wreck the place they like, go crazy. it's like rock stars and then like math people wow. I know yeah. some I know some math people and they hate like that it's, I know no, I know but, but around you at the convention my brother is he was he was he actually <laughs> yeah, won true. an award his senior year of high school for being the top math student in the state of Florida yeah wow and they yeah. went to Caltech and UMass and now he it's a total different plane yes yes oh Oh, you're telling me (laughs) right so I went to my college advisor and he said you know you have enough credits to graduate with a degree in sociology and I said let's do it you know what's a sociology right so I said you know and then I you know I did the obligatory one more year at FSU so I could go to another football season and then um (laughs) I did communications, and so um, that's when I decided to follow in the footsteps of Connie Chung. That was why you headed toward broadcasting? Totally. Were you envisioning, you know, doing, like, anchoring and, you know, doing, you know, reports out in the field and all that stuff? Well, it's funny because I, um, you know, growing up, I missed all the years where she sacrificed her life to be a broadcaster. Yeah, the grind. Yes, so I I skated in right when she was, you know, co-anchoring with Dan Rather, so Uh I got to see the... So, you know, I, I followed her around the Capitol and, you know, I got to go to all the back rooms and where all the, you know, met Walter Cronkite and did all oh that gosh. stuff. And so I was like, oh, yeah, this is me. You know, I could do this. So, yeah, I, for, I forgot about all those years where she didn't date, didn't, you know, have a life. When you so. put when you would apply for a job, would you put her down as a reference? Well, it's, Power move. <laughs> it's very funny because in the last couple years, I've talked with my aunt, and I did confront her on the fact that she never really helped me. Right. Ever. Yeah. Like, give me a, you know, and, and you know, her husband, Maury Povich, said. Who's, who's he? <laughs> <laughs> He's the guy who tells you if it's your baby. Or not. <laughs> Uncle, Uncle Maury. Uncle Maury. Yes. That's nuts. I know. <laughs> and so um, he said, "See, I know we, we I knew we should have like extended that offer, though. But that's okay. That's so, okay. So, what kind of broadcasting did you do? Um." I got my first job in Orlando at the CBS affiliate, and um, I did everything. I was a grunt. I did, you know, I worked all the time, 
you know, double double hours doing everything because I because my family lived right there. So, um, and I started, you know, it was a union shop, so I couldn't go in there and you know, play with the equipment, stuff like that. So I tried to put resume tapes together and things like that and ended up getting my first job, well, my first real job in Fort Myers, Florida ah. at the ABC affiliate, which was then WEVU. And that's where you met your Mike Cannington. Last week's Three Song Stories guest. Yes! <laughs> I just, that's like a, in a comic book when they put the little asterisk, uh-huh. like C-issue number thing. Like, yes. If, you, yes. if you haven't heard this one, go back an episode, guys. <laughs> Were you a reporter? I um, I came down as the assignment editor. Oh. And, um, and did that, but then... At the time, they were doing news briefs, so I did a 43-second news brief every hour on the hour from 9 to 4. And so it was a great gig because that's all I did. And and I was so bored out of my mind. <laughs> I was so. going to say, and back then, there was not like the internet feeding you oh a thousand God. news stories. Yes. You probably run the same news brief uh, every other hour and right. nobody would notice. Right. So um, <laughs> I started doing promotions. Yeah. So I said... Hey, we got this story coming up. Can I do a little, you know, 30-second promo for it? So I started writing and editing and doing promos for the newscast. And they were like, wow, maybe we should do this more often. So I moved my way into promotion. Hmm. So I, I, I finally, I gave up the dream of being the next Connie Chung. <laughs> and then uh, made way to the marketing and side of it. Tell us that I met Mike Cannington at Wee's, WeView. Was it, what, was it, was it W, what was it? W-E-V-U. Yeah, it W-E-V-U, was the yeah. ABC affiliate before it was uh, W. Were you like, look at that knucklehead. Well, like, here's the funniest thing. You know, I was, um, I was sitting there at the assignment desk and, and Mike Cannington wads up a big ball and he throws it up across the room at me and he hit me on the face. And I was like, what the heck, you know? And he goes, oh, I was trying to get your arm, you know? And and so he was the obnoxious reporter. And um, I remember telling him that my parents had a restaurant. And he said, oh, what kind of restaurant? And I said, an Italian restaurant. <laughs> and he goes, I love Italian food. And I was just like, oh, my God, who is this guy? So, And I literally thought, you know, I, you know, I was in broadcasting, Fort Myers, two years. I'm gone. You know, I'm going to pay my dues in Fort Myers and get the heck out of there. So here I am. Yeah. <laughs> How many years later is that? So, but, huh. you know, it's not too bad. Not too bad. paper must have worked. Yes. Yeah. Did he, he write was very charming. <laughs> Did he save it? <laughs> well, and then, and then, you know, then he became the sportscaster and I was, I'm sports nut. So he would say, do you want to go out with me to the, you know, Oh, so to he, the had, game. he had insider access. Yes, yes, oh. yes. Yeah, I remember when the heat opened up and I used to sit on the sidelines, you know, and stuff like that. So I, I used to, I had access. Still a sports nut? Him? You. Me, yes, I am. I am. What are your teams? What are your well, sports? Florida State Seminole. Yeah. You know, I'm a um, Tampa Bay Buck fan. I'm a Washington Re- football team yeah, fan. Washington football Sorry. team. Sorry. You're okay. Um, you know, baseball, not so much, only because when I was growing up, we didn't have a team in Florida. Mm. So, you know, it's the Atlanta Braves, but... Hey, me too. Yes, yeah. yeah. But I, you know, now we now we do. I mean, I, I was, do we? Right. I, I was a Braves fan because of uh, uh, Turner. 
Oh yes. You know, mm-hmm. because it was on it was on TV on yes. TBS. Am I off mic? I sound in my headphones like I'm completely off mic. You sound good. good yeah, to me. Yeah. We're yeah. just going to keep on going with it. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on to your second song. Okay, so um, I this was my favorite song. I when I was in college, I played this every morning before I left my you know my dorm room. It was like a, like just a to get pumped up. Song. Yes, yeah. you know because. I was in the, you know, a baby of the 70s, and we were, that was the women's movement. And, and so I wasn't going to let all the, the terrible mean girls and bad boys <laughs> get me down. So I would play this song. My roommate hated it. But, um, and of course, all my neighbors were like, oh, you're the one that plays that song every morning. So Helen Reddy, I Am Woman. And this would have been your dorm room. In my dorm room, yes. And you'd been playing it on what kind of like sound setup? Oh, the the little the stereo I got from you know when I graduated that had everything you know, mm-hmm. it was the the it, turntable, it the cassette, a, the eight track, right? The radio thing. Which form of me, of medium would you would you have been playing it off of? Oh, probably a cassette tape. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever real quick before we play this? Did you ever make mixtapes? Yes, all the time. Okay, we'll talk about more after. Okay. We, <laughs> we haven't asked the mixed mix tape question for a, a while. Yeah. yeah. Okay, this is uh, I Am Woman, uh, Helen Reddy, off of her 1971 album of the same name. When was the last time you listened to that one? I listen to it all the time. It pumps me up. That is still your go-to <laughs> pump-up song. It is. I don't know why. Are it there any other versions back. of it? Because that one, I mean, it, it, you know, the, lyrically it pumps you up, but it's kind of like... Oh, I know. Do, it is do, kind of, do, 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 do. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody can replicate Helen Reddy. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, is I go out and I find these songs. Um, we, we use the YouTube uh, audio. Uh-huh. And um, it had the album version and then it had a live version. And I, sometimes I'll get them both to give the guest a, you know, an option. And I pulled up the, you know, the WAV files because we can see them in our audio, audio editing. I'm like... That's the exact same audio. And I went back and watched the YouTube video of this 1971 live Helen Reddy special or whatever. And she's just up there mouthing the, the actual <laughs> album version. I mean, there's no change to it whatsoever. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you said you've played this for your daughters? My, yes, our, do- our your daughter. daughter. Yes. Yeah, so when we were, we were just up in D.C. and um, Mike, I think Mike, oh, Mike was going to do his on Friday. And then, you know, I was to be announced at a later date. And so, of course, I'd already had my songs picked out, what, for the last year and a half. So but, yeah. um, so you, so these three songs were already your songs before we even asked Mike to do the show. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's why, that's why, you know, the last minute ad, I was like, oh, I'm ready. Stacey's a super fan. The- <laughs> well, she's, here. she's been here. I've been here been for, here. yeah, yeah. Well, and as a former broadcaster, you'll appreciate sometimes you have to balance, like, like of availability. Oh, totally. We suddenly had a spot open, and I'm mm-hmm. like, "Well, I bet Stacy will do it." I know. <laughs> <laughs> She's been ready for the last, you know, nine months. It was true. And so when Mike said, "I said," and then he he said, "Did you send that stuff to Mike?" And I said, uh, "Yeah, yesterday. I had it written for the last six months." No. Um, so we talked a little bit before the show, and one of the questions we ask is, how do you listen to music mostly these days? Like, on what kind of devices? And you have an interesting answer to that question because of your hearing aid, right? Yes. I have a I have awesome hearing aid guy, and I have these unbelievable digital hearing aids. And so I hear everything through my hearing aids, my, my phone, 
um, oh. my car, everything through my hearing. So aid. you could be like walking down the street, rocking out totally. to Helen Reddy, and everybody will just be like, "Look at her bopping her oh, head." Oh, all the oh, and and all the time people come in. So I'm in my office. Oh, I, I'm. I hope my boss doesn't hear this, but <laughs> so I just I just look. You know, they'll come in, and I'll be like, "I'm on the," you know, and I just <laughs> tell them I'm on the phone, but. I'm really like watching some YouTube video or something <laughs> or checking in on Instagram. And so, and, and then I do have a tendency, although I don't have a very good voice, I do tend to sing down the hall a lot to what I'm listening to on my phone. So that probably sounds great. I know. I, I know. <laughs> and then, and when you can't hear, you know, how loud you're talking when you have hearing aids, you tend to. Speak very loudly. Right, yeah, right. So Mike always says, you know, I'm here. Just tone it down a little bit. You know, it's like, I can hear you. Have you seen many concerts over the years? Um, some. Yeah. But, you know, because of, of the whole hearing thing. That's why, it, that's why I asked it that way. It's yeah, kind of like yeah. maybe it's not so much a thing that you're interested in if no, you can't really hear that well. It's really hard. And so when I, um, you know, in movies and things like that, it's. It's, but you know, digital hearing aids are the bomb. So, yeah. but you know, they really have made it good. But I asked about uh, musical theater, and Mike mm -hmm. said, "Yeah." Oh, so, yeah. is that something you guys do? Yes, a lot. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I like to. Did say you have that, to drag him into that world? Well, I like. That's I what mean, I envision. You know, I like to say that I have <laughs> opened the doors to his musical theater. It's, you yeah. know, I've seen Hamilton four times, and right. So, you know, and I know all the words, but. Do your hearing aids, real quick, work with Bluetooth? Yes. That's so, how everything's Bluetooth. Because now theaters have accessibility options. I'm wondering if like, there's a way for you to go into <gasps> yes. the theater and actually just have them pipe the audio into that's, your... That's a good idea. I, I bet they check can. In that. I bet yes, they can. I bet they could. Yeah. So Sometimes... Um, so I know some churches do this, mm -hmm. and I bet that there must be theaters, like, like, um, like stage theaters that do this. Right. They will have um, an app. Yeah, and they're streaming the audio from their board mm -hmm. online, and then so if you're oh, if yeah. you're hearing impaired, okay, I'll have to check in. If you're that. hearing impaired, you just you know you you mate your your mm -hmm. um, hearing aid to the phone, to the, mm -hmm. and then you just open the app and listen to the stream. While <gasps> wow. they also do it because um, that started as. Um, other language, right? So, like, if you have like you know like those mega churches with like ten thousand people, right? And there's like there's like a couple hundred people who might not speak English, right? Attending, so you broadcast somebody translating in Spanish, but you you know you can't have twenty different translators for twenty different languages. So instead, those are streamed on the app. Wow! So they might. I mean, yeah. If I was, I would definitely producing check, at a yeah. theater. That's what I would do. It would be if you were in person. We're going to spend like eight minutes on this because we're nerds. <laughs> yeah. But if you were in person, <laughs> and yeah. it would have to be t synced really well. Cause what would be the board? No, no, the same board that's putting. But through an app, it's going through oh, the internet, and it's like uh, you know, yeah. if it was a half second or a second behind, it's it better be not like, hearing it. Yeah, yeah be better be not hearing it. it. That's, totally that's better true. not hearing um, it. Making it up as you go along. The only thing is, I know that some of them also like to do that thing with the cell phones where you have to put Ch your phone. Check in your phone? Yeah. Yes. They, on the way in, they give you a little bag with like a like a lock on it. You put your phone in the bag, oh. and you lock it, and you can't open it. They right. can open it, but yeah. you keep it. And that way, if you're like, I need to go make a call, you get up, you leave, and then somebody in the lobby unlocks your phone for you. But it kept, you know, if you're a comedian, like you don't want people videoing your whole thing or just like talking on it in the middle of your thing. Right. And so um, some musicians also started doing it. So, but 
it's probably not that popular since I'm the only person talking about it. <laughs> so, so I don't, I don't think that would be a hurdle. Somebody out there listening is like, ah, yeah, I was at one of those shows. Yeah. 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 Um, do you have a favorite show, like a uh, musical? I love Wicked. I, I mean, I love Hamilton. I mean, that's unbelievable. And um, Aida, I, I, I love all, you know, did musical theater. Did we find out Mike's favorite musical, stage musical? Uh, I, yeah, because I wasn't here for that. Yes, but I can't remember that. What would you? I, so well, the, I, I don't well, know either. Yeah. What would you guess yeah. was his? I was what I yeah. really I mean, he loves the Greatest Showman. Oh, hey. I mean, he loves I the Greatest Showman. I don't think he mentioned showman. that because I would have yes. thought of that in you. Yeah, you love that. I, I love and then that. the Phantom Phantom of the Opera. Oh, yes. Ooh, yeah, I yeah. think he did mention that. Yes, he does, and he's he's very funny because he has the, all that that music on his his phone. So that is so cool. Yeah. Um, what about movies um, that are musicals? Movies. Yes, I I love all mu- musicals. I mean, um, have you watched? I haven't seen it yet, but I've been hearing great things about Schmigadoon. Oh, oh. I haven't seen that one. No, it's on Apple TV, and it's a six part yeah. series that's an homage to musical theater. Oh, so I've it's very self referential, yeah. and there's like mm-hmm. if you know musical theater, apparently it's yeah. like the most delightful thing. It's also, ever. It's also parody. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a couple that gets stuck in a town. Where and, people start bursting out into song. Oh, and like, the husband's like, I'm not down with this. And the wife's like, this is the best thing. It, probably you and Mike should watch it together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, I, I think that would be so cool to yeah. be in a town where you just all of a sudden burst out into song. Yeah, and it's but, happening yeah. in real time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's the name of the town. <laughs> that would be fun. No. no. Excuse me as I cough all over myself. Um, nickname. Do you have a nickname that stuck over the course of your life? For me? You, yes. Well, when I was growing up, I never knew that chink was a Mm -hmm. derogatory comment. So, you know, I put that on the back of my cheerleading jersey. (laughs) And my mother had a... Just ran with it. Oh, my God. She had a field day. So I had to... (laughs) I had to to get it redone, and I put Chen Ho on it. Mm. But... No, they always called me Spacey Stacy because I couldn't oh, yeah, you hear anything. Oh, yeah, you were Spacey Stacy yeah. earlier. Right. So, you know, I was always Spacey, but it was just because I couldn't hear. I mean, you know. It was funny. When I went to start asking Mike that question, suddenly Can Man popped, popped into my head. Oh, all the time. <laughs> I was like, Can I, Man, I was yes. Like, yeah, is it still? It's yes, still. He is still Can Man. Um, I'm Can Woman. Can Woman. <laughs> so... Um, last week when we recorded with Mike, we had trouble with the board audio, so we had to play the songs through our phones, so we didn't have the ability to play f- songs into our headphones, so we didn't, he was the first episode in ages where we didn't sing a TV theme song. Oh, okay. Do you have a theme song that you would like to sing with us? Or would you like to use his not doing it as an out to not have to do it? Or would you like to call him and we'll put him into the thing and we can have him sing with you no <laughs> no to all of it I mean all I can think of all I can no think to of all of my, it in my head is the ESPN you know theme song the da, 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 da. well we did it so you just did it it happened um, if you were a championship wrestler, what song would you come into the stadium oh, on? Well, Tara, where is she? She's the championship wrestler. <laughs> Tara's out wrestler. sick today. Yes. Tara, if you're listening, we hope you feel better. Feel better, Tara. I know. Well, you know, this is going to be one of my, my one of my, the songs that I hate, but it's everybody was kung fu fighting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. That's like, you know, and then we always sang Everybody Connie Chung tonight. Everybody Connie Chung, yep. I remember <laughs> so, that. Yes. <laughs> we, like... 
It wasn't we, just you yeah, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we played that at our wedding and, and Connie was there. So and everybody said, Connie Chung. So. Did she get up and dance with Maury? She did. Uh, no, no, she didn't dance with Maury. Oh, Maury she got up and dance. danced with everybody else. That's what I learned today. Maury, right. Maury Povich doesn't dance at weddings. No, no, he doesn't. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Yeah, and it was, it was just informative uh, program. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can get an education grant. Oh, that makes me so happy. Um, uh, okay, it's time for your third song. But first, we're going to ask you the cocktail or drink question. If you were like distilled down into a cocktail or drink. Alcohol or no, what would it be? Hmm. A screwdriver. Because <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a little screwy. I mean, no, no, I would, I would say, um, I don't know. That's, that's a hard one. Ooh. You know, I'm sort of a Mick Ultra. A Mick Ultra. Yes, you know, I, I, you know. In the, in the, um, in the bottle. In the bottle. In the can. In the bottle. No, not in the can. Pour it into a glass. Yes. Because I, you know, you can have a lot of it, yeah, and not really feel met much effect. <laughs> so, so I'm gonna. How was that? I'm gonna propose. Yeah. Two bottles of Mick Ultra in a giant glass, like in a glass yes. big enough to hold two of them. Mm-hmm. And it'll be a, a double spacey Stacy. That's the spacey yeah. Stacy. <laughs> yeah, that's the spacey Stacy. Yeah, and you have to drink it fast because you, you don't fast. want it to get cold. Hot. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, actually, I just heard back from. Uh, do you know Melinda Isley? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I heard you say she's this on facilitating. The yeah. We're going to put together all these cocktails into a book, and then we're going to do an event at Veranda. Oh, nice. So she just nice. emailed me about that. We Ooh. may have to delay it because of the Delta yeah, variant. Yeah, I think that's probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's okay. Yeah. This is part of the book. Yeah. Oh, is it? Jared's over here taking oh, the notes. Yeah. You write them all down. Yep. Wow. Yeah. That's why he uh, makes. That, the big, that's why. Yeah. That's why you make the big bucks. Big bucks, exactly. <laughs> Jared, in turn. And every oh. now and then, Tara uh, bugs me to um, make one and take a picture. Yeah. So. Well, and Gwen has uh, agreed to if we f- give her all the information, she's agreed to go through and do illustrations of them. Oh, cool! Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. That could be a mai tai. Sort of. I like mai tais. Asian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, yeah. it's time for your third song. Okay. So, in the crash of 2008, I'm sure Mike talked about this. He did. It was a very trying time in the Cannington household. We had both, oh, we lost three out of four parents. Mm-hmm. Or we would nurse them and then lost them. And then we both lost our jobs. And it was it was a difficult time. And I have to say, credit to Mike Cannington, you know, a lot of marriages go through a lot of crazy things. At, and a time like this would has lent itself to some of our friends getting divorced. But Mike and I have gotten stronger and stronger. We've, you know, it's, it was, it was eye opening for me. So, you know, I was a little spoiled sometimes. And when you lose a lot, you just kind of go back to basics. So, but it was a time when, you know, Mike and I were, were very community oriented and we, we volunteered doing everything we would go to events, you know, spend a lot of money doing stuff like that. And we both lost our jobs. It was like people stopped stopped calling us, you know. There were there are a handful of people that reach out to you when when you've lost a job and and there it, it wasn't there for either one of us. So it was hard. You know, we you know, people would still call us and say, Hey, you wanna go to the heart ball? It's only three hundred dollars a ticket and we'd be like you know, he just lost both of our jobs. So, you know, no, we're going to pass. So, and it was just, it was a difficult time. Mm-hmm. So I, I made a lot of changes in my life, you know, 
putting um, just just really learning how to speak my own and and put priorities, you know, in order and and so this song means a lot to me because um, it was a time when when I did that and it was um, it's just a you know. It was a difficult period. And this song is kind of, it's kind of your I Am Woman of that era? Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. Uh, You haven't even said what it is yet. Oh, it's the Chicks, the formerly Dixie Chicks. But um, I'm not ready to make nice. Not ready to make nice. Yes. I have the album version. I have the VH1 Storytellers Live version. (laughs) And I have the 2006 tour, World Tour, which was the MMXVI world tour version wow do you Mm -hmm. care for one or the other no i like the last one that sounds great you want to do the the, yeah but okay well this would have been them in 2016 the playing uh not ready to make nice the chicks but i'm still waiting it's very reflective yeah yeah yeah. it was it's a difficult period but you know we've gotten stronger and more stable from it so how far past, like when it was all going down, did do you, if you, when you look back on it now, did things sort of settle into where you kind of felt like you were through it, or do you feel still feel like you're kind of partly? In no, it? Um, it was a couple years. A couple it years. Was a couple years. But um, when when my parents were sick, I I feel like I I was working at places where people understood and and they gave me latitude to be with my family and things like that and and um so i you know i think i was at the right place at the right time there but um you know i it was to me really early my my mom was only 76 when she passed away and so you know i feel kind of cheated by that so i have a lot of friends who have parents now that are in their 80s and 90s and they just complain about them all the time and i'm just like i would do anything to have my parents back you know so you know, I'm always like, enjoy them. Yeah. Um, did Mike tell you what his three songs were? Yes, I think so. Did he tell you what the song was that was associated with this time? Yes. Mm-hmm. What and was I agree. it again? I forget. It was the uh, Billy Joel. It was Billy Joel. Yes. Um, um, I can't remember. What was it? Stand by. Well, anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, but he told the, did you know the story that he told no kind of, no no wait till you hear it uh, no. oh I can't wait to hear it yeah <laughs> you wanna, no 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 no, no. no. It's, it, we don't. no. Okay. listeners listening to this will be like well you it's have to this because I just listened last yeah. week or if you haven't oh. you gotta go listen last week um, all, all of your friends who didn't know that Mike was on last week now have to go download that. <laughs> um, Here's a little tease. Yeah. <laughs> right. Did you guys talk about that that's in an animated movie? Because that's how I... <laughs> what? That, that's Here, I'm going to... One second. Okay. That's a really... As animated movies that have music in them, that's a really pretty good one. It's a good, good movie. Yes. yes. So we're not going to say which mm-hmm. movie, so you'll mm-hmm. have to go listen to Mike's episode. Definitely recommend. <laughs> well, it was interesting, too, because like, as we as he was walking out, he ran into Glenn Miller. Do you know Glenn <laughs> yes. Miller? Yep. And Glenn was on the show ages ago, and Mike and Glenn said, what are your three songs? And he said, this, this, and this. And then, he, But he had to add the caveat to that one, because it was kind of like, but I don't really listen to... To, to Billy Joel. Was it Billy Joel? Yes. Billy Joel. Mm-hmm. I hit him and Elton John. Oh, confused. Elton John. No, it was Elton John. John. Right. I, yes. I do yes. that. You're it's right. like Thanksgiving and Halloween. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
speaking of Glenn, I didn't get to mention this in my episode, but he mentioned me in his. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> he mentioned that to me the other day in the front lobby. Oh, man. Um, what song would you say you've heard the most times over the course of your life? Uh, you mean out of the three songs? No, or, out of all, out of all the songs. Yeah. Out of all the songs in the world. <laughs> only the ones only the ones you've heard. In the world. Well, um, recently, any song from Hamilton, because I play it like all yeah. the time. But, um, oh, I don't know. That's a hard one. You know. Do you have a favorite band? Okay, I'm a huge Linda Ronstadt fan. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, I love Linda Ronstadt. I was at the big antique shop next to Sam's Club yesterday because I was getting some work done uh-huh. on my tires, on my headlights. And I was in there and I was looking through CDs. I always look through CDs and they had three Linda Ronstadt CDs. Wow. I was, you well, should go over there and get them. I, I probably have them already, you know. But, yeah, um, <laughs> so in our album collection that we have at home, you know, Mike talked about his little, mm-hmm. little record player that we have. You can distinctively tell which... Albums are mine and which albums are his. <laughs> Do you have a favorite Linda Ronstadt song? Um, I love Allison. I love her version of Allison. Uh, you know, we, we you're talking about you can tell the difference in his music and your music. Yes. And one of the things we like to ask is if your music diverges or converges a lot. And I know the answer, but what is a song that you guys both really, really like together? Well, we both love sticks. I We both Love all sticks music. <laughs> I wouldn't have called it. Yes, but my even roommate, Mr. Roboto. Well, see, my <laughs> even Mr. Roboto. <laughs> yes. So, but my roommate from college took all my stick albums <gasps> because she thought they were hers. Mm. So mm. you know, she moved to New York, and I never got them back. But right, she thought they were. Yeah, hers. sure, she did. Right, right. So, um, so all the sticks albums are Mike's. But I said I have all these. But there's someone. I will never pass up an opportunity to tell this story. It's the quick version. I got to interview like 15 years ago the guitarist from Styx for, for Gulf Coast Live. Mm-hmm. And I was like, tell us the origin story. And he kind of told this like three or four minute version of the story, how they were a garage band. I think it was like Detroit or something. And then they finally signed their record deal. And, and he actually said the specific date on February 22nd, 1972. And I was like, that's the day I was born. And he's like... What, February 22nd? I'm like, no, that day, 1972. Wow. So I am the same age as Sticks. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. And you're still touring. <laughs> Some of them are dead. <laughs> I'm still touring. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. uh, if you no. could broadcast a song into the head of every human simultaneously, which would you choose? Wow. Mr. Roboto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's something like turn out all the crap that you're listening to and <laughs> listen to the truth. I don't know. I don't know of a song that has that meaning. But um, You can pick one, though. I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay, so I, well, I have to tell you this story about when, when Mike and I were engaged and we were getting married. I don't know if Mike – he said he was going to tell this story, but he probably didn't. But um, – so one of the radio stations had where you, you know, dedicated a song dedicated to somebody. Dedicated a song, yes. yes. And, um, this song goes out to Stacey Yes, exactly. Myers. So we were about to get married. It was like a week before our wedding. And one of the stations, and you, you dedicated to somebody, and then you gave them money for charity. So I dedicated 
tainted by the fruit of another. Yeah. <laughs> because I love the song. And, and, I, and so I said, you know, Stacy's dedicating this song to Mike Cannington. And then, and then he listened to it. And he called me and he said, Are we breaking up? I know. What, what's going on? And I said, I love that song. I love that song. And he goes, have you listened to the words? <laughs> so that is, you know, that's our joke all the time now that we we talk about tainted by the fruit of, the, of another. And Mike said he was going to pick one of those as his favorite. That That is one of his favorite songs, but he didn't. He didn't. And that'll be the one that you broadcast into all the people at once. Yeah. <laughs> this one goes out to Mike. Yeah, so I'm going to say. This goes out to Mike Cannington the week before we get married. Um, is there any kind of music or songs in particular you'll avoid because you don't like that Wait, genre? Wait, pa- pause that one second because I really like the idea because this is such a <laughs> – I like this question because it's ridiculous, but like that means that somewhere there's another guy named Mike Cannington who's going to hear like, this one goes out to Mike Cannington. Right. Tainted love. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Go it's ahead. The other Mike, Mike Cannington. No. No. I, okay. So I probably get some, get some backlash, but I am not a big Beach Boys fan. Oh, okay. I have never, like the, you know, the Kokomo song. I mean, I, I, I am not a big Beach Boys fan. So, you know, and their music comes on. I'm just like, oh, all right. Yeah. So I know being from Jamaica, yeah, it gets a little old. That particular yeah. song, because yeah. when mm-hmm. when I was a kid, mm-hmm. other kids, that's that was their only connection to that word. So they're like, "Where's your family from? Oh, Jamaica, Aruba, Jamaica." I'm like, "Yeah, I know." I know. <laughs> old white guys singing the song. We'll have to <laughs> we'll have to play that song on repeat at our cocktail cookbook. Re- that event. might be a thing. I won't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no problem. You're immune. No, yeah. It's great background music. Everyone's like, "What is that song?" And I'm like, "Don't know. I can't hear anything." So you said you've had the songs picked out for ages. Yes. Was, if you had to come up with a fourth one that, if you heard it, it would tie to a memory, what would it be? Um. Well. I love the song. I, I mean, I think of when I think of Alabama, feel so right. That that reminds me of like my like eighties, eighties songs. Yeah. You know, that was a great time in my life when I was, you know, young and broadcasting and you know, having fun out in the world. Uh, did you play "Tainted Love" at your wedding? Not tainted love. No, we didn't. <laughs> Tempted by the fruit of another. No, we didn't. Right? Yeah. I think Mike has pretty much banned that song from everything now. But Oh, not Tainted Love. Tempted by the Fruit of Tempted up, yeah. That must be like Thanksgiving and Halloween, too. It must be. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, uh, how did you find out about our podcast since you've been listening for so long? How did you first... I was going to ask that. That's oh, cool. hey. That's a great question. Look, good question, Mike. How did I find out about the podcast? Yeah, like, so you've been listening for a while? Yes, I'm but a how huge did, fan. How did you first find out about it? We have no idea how people find out about our like, show. Like, did you hear a promo on the radio? Did oh, you yeah, see it on I the website? Oh, yeah, because I listened to NPR all the time. Okay. And I listened to WGC all the time. So you heard, time. like, a promo? Yes. And then you went, yes, and I heard what was, the promo. Do you remember the first episode you heard? Well, of course, I listened to Lydia Black. Oh, wow. Because, you She's know. She's number s- two. <laughs> yes. So um, I had been secretly longing to be on since Lydia Black was wow. on. But, um, you know, like and the then. the origin story. <laughs> Yeah. I know. So, I mean, you, I, I look at the names of everybody that was on, and I was just like, I know these they people. need me. <laughs> well, it's my turn. I know. Right. They're, they're going to call me. I kept saying, they're going to call. They're going to call. Someone's going to recommend me, you know. <laughs> well, it is time for you to recommend your three people. Okay. 
This I, is it. You want me to do it right now? Right now. Okay. Well, I, I Bill Rogers. Bill I think Rogers. You know Bill Rogers. I know Bill him. Rogers. He I would do it. I want him on this he show. He would do it. He's, you know, he's, well, you're gonna tell him. I already did. <laughs> I already did. Good. Yeah. So he he will do it. And you know he's got that band. Oh yeah, yeah. He's so in he's... Uh, Doug McGregor's band. Yes. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then my friend Lindsay Schneider. Okay. Who, um, she works for another radio station, but she is a a musical person. Okay. And then I'm I'm gonna throw it out to Bob Shearman, who works at Henderson Franklin, because he is a musical buff. Okay. I think he would be very good too. Well, tell them to listen and tell them to you connect us to them. Okay. And then we'll just keep paying it forward like we've been doing it. Yes. But you've done it. Do you have any final thoughts? I'm so oh, wait. excited. To I didn't ask the 14-year-old self. Oh, yeah. Oh. What would your 14-year-old oh, self think so of who good. you are here now? Wow. She would be like, would your mother let you do this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. How, how are you not a doctor president? Exactly. <laughs> right. You know, you don't have another... Um, another initial behind your name or something like that, you know, yes, I'm not a doctor and I'm not a chemist or I'm not, you know, so, but 14 year old self would be like happy in my own skin. So, yeah. All right. Any final thoughts? No, but I just, I, it's, it's so great to see all the faces of the names I know. And, you know, I'm so excited and honored to be on the show. And now you're part of the family. I am. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. You make three song stories in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University. Mike Canary is co-creator and host. Richard Chinqui is co-creator and producer. Tara Calgan is our online content producer and host. Our production intern is Jared, the intern Gonzalez. Chris Duffus is our executive producer. And our theme song was created by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. Stacy and I touched on it a little in the episode, but I'm a big fan of Fresh Off the Boat, the television show starring Randall Park about uh, Eddie Huang's childhood. When I was nine, we moved to Lilburn, Georgia. And while I wasn't the only Asian kid in the whole town, I was the only Chinese kid that I knew. And not only did I have to deal with the culture shock of moving from Miami to Lilburn, but I also had to deal with not really understanding what it meant to be me. Everyone there was different, in lots of ways. So when I saw this television sitcom about a prepubescent Chinese kid with a Chinese family moving into Orlando and not really knowing where to start even looking to find his bearings, and so trying to make his own way, I really enjoy it. It feels really authentic to my experience, and I know Stacy's. and now I'm wondering if maybe she could get a hold of Eddie Wong for me. <laughs> I also know that the next time that I watch an episode and hear this theme song, I'm gonna think about Stacy and this episode and making it and commiserating with her. So here's the theme song to Fresh Off the Boat. Keep listening. Next time on Three Song Stories. I um, was an usher. Oh, wow. <laughs> and got I, to see the show for free. And I purposely, when they rushed, I made sure I got caught. So I was leaning up against the stage all the time <laughs> as an employee. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I was a model employee.